A very good morning on behalf of Teach 613. We welcome you to Take 10 for Talmud. We are recording in Silver Spring, Maryland, and are so glad that you can join us. Gitin Lamites, Gitin 39a, pagination is 77. We're starting from the Gemara, seven or eight lines from the top of the page. Hamaktish Avdo, a person who makes his slave sanctified. We're dealing with, in the time of the Gemara, cases where a Jew could own a non-Jewish slave, and the Gemara on the facing page explores what would happen if he would make this slave kadosh, holy, designated for the Beis Hamikdash, presumably, is what the intent is. Now, in concept, a person can take an asset and make it kadosh, dedicated to the Beis HaMikdash. It becomes a donation. If it's something that can be brought on the Mizbeach, so it could be he's making it into a karban. If it's an asset that cannot be brought on the Mizbeach, a chair, etc. So then the financial aspect of the item becomes kadosh to the Beis HaMikdash, and the Gizbar, the appointee, would do as he sees fit. Perhaps he would sell it and use the assets to fix the Beis HaMikdash uh, to do any repairs, any upkeep that was necessary. So we have a person, a slave, who let's get our perspective, is partially Jewish, so to speak, because the slave would do mila, if it was a man, and tevila, man or woman, which would bring them to a level of observance, but not complete observance. The person would be observing Shabbos, Kashrus, for example, but a man would not be wearing tefillin at this point. This comes up in a later Gemara if the master introduces the slave to tefillin, that may actually be an act of freeing him because your typical slave is obligated in mitzvahs like a woman and a woman does not have the mitzvah of tefillin. And this is the status of person that we're dealing with, upon which the master declared that he's kadosh. So we've developed one approach to this question, which is that he's kadosh, designated to the Beis HaMikdash. His owner changed, but his status as a slave has not changed. Another approach mentioned in the Gemara midway on this facing page, is that the master means to say, Lihave am kadosh. You should be part of the holy people. You should be part of the Jewish people as a full-fledged member. And according to this approach, what the master is doing is freeing him and not transferring ownership to a kadosh body, as in the Beis HaMikdash, that will now have authority on him. Instead, what's really happening here is that he's being set free. And therefore, 
The question our Gemara presents is Hamakdish Avdo, if a person does make this declaration of Kadosh, of making the slave holy, designated to the Beis HaMikdash. So we already discussed two possibilities that he's actually being freed. But even in the approach that he's being designated to the Beis HaMikdash, how does a person owned by the Beis HaMikdash work? Normally, something that's owned by the Beis HaMikdash has an added level of ownership, so to speak, in that if a person violated that ownership, it would be called me'ilah, which is stealing from the Beis HaMikdash. If you were to use an item designated for the Beis HaMikdash for your own personal use, it would be me'ilah, and it's a higher level of theft, a unique level of theft. The question is, what status would a slave owned by the Beis HaMikdash have? Is there me'ila by such a person, by such an ownership? Now, this becomes sophisticated because a human being in such an application is compared to real estate rather than movable objects. And if a person is compared to real estate, an interesting development is that there's no me'ila by karka. By real estate, this special law of me'ila, unique theft from the Beis HaMikdash, does not apply. And therefore we have a machlokis here, ein mo'alin bo, that the initial opinion holds that there's no me'ila by this slave owned by the Beis HaMikdash. Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel Omer Mo'alin Besairo. Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel says, there is me'ila, but only in the hair of the slave. If you were to cut his hair, use it, make a wig out of it, that would be me'ila. So, while there's obviously a sophistication here in this ruling, if there is me'ila, why only in his here? But the Gemara is going to develop this one step at a time so that we're really introduced into the Gemara's thinking so that when we reach a conclusion, we will understand why. And the Gemara begins. My love, Bahokam Ifligi, one would think that this is what they are arguing about. Mar Savar Kadosh, Mar Savar Lo Kadosh. One opinion is saying the slave has become Kadosh and owned by the Beis HaMikdash, and one opinion holds that he's not Kadosh and he doesn't belong to the Beis HaMikdash, and that's why Rabbi Shimon Begamliel is saying there is Me'ila, because he's holding its Kadosh, and the Tanakama held that there's no me'ila because he's not kadosh. V'tizbira. Let's think about this. Hai mo'alin bo, ve'ein mo'alin bo. Why would the wording of the ruling be whether there is me'ila or isn't me'ila? That's an outgrowth of a more fundamental discussion, which is the wor- what the wording should have been. Hai kadosh ve'ein kadosh mi 
their ruling should be whether he is Kadosh or isn't Kadosh. And an outgrowth for that would be, once he's either Kadosh or not, I will know if someone were to use the Eved, whether it's Me'ila or not. What we're seeing over here is that they are not ruling on whether he's Kadosh. He's Kadosh. The ruling is whether there's Me'ila or not, which means that we need to understand more accurately what it is that they're arguing about. Eladukuleyama Kadosh. He's definitely Kadosh, according to both opinions being presented here. The argument must be in a different aspect. Must be that the argument is whether the Eved is like real estate, which was our original assumption in our presentation. And the other opinion says that the Eved is like movable objects. So, if he's like real estate, there is no me'ila. If he's like movable objects, there is me'ila. Ihachi, the Gemara takes this one step further. If so, as we mentioned in our initial presentation of the question, why is it that they are arguing about his hair? They should be arguing about everything about him. If he makes you a scrambled egg because you asked him to, you've used the Eved. Why is it only his hair that we're worried about? It must be Fundamentally, the Eved is Kadosh. And his Kedusha is such that he is real estate and therefore there is no Me'ila. The question is regarding the hair, if it's ready to be cut. One opinion says it's like it's cut already, and therefore, even though the Eved fundamentally is karka real estate, but the hair is unique because it's meant to be cut, it has use, it's meant to be cut, so it's as if it's cut. Umar lav and the other opinion holds that it's not ready to be cut, so to speak, that it's metaltalin, and therefore if you were to act upon it, it's considered that you acted upon something that is real estate and does not have the law of me'ila. Once we take it in this direction, one can compare the Eved's status to other real estate and understand how this me'ila would or wouldn't work. And likewise, when it comes to such a question, whether a person would make an oath on it or not, because the rule is that if something is real estate, we don't make an oath. If something is movable objects, you would make an oath. The question over here that the Gemara does as a comparison is a case, Machlokes Reb Meir, and the Chachamim, of a person who entrusts ten grapevines to another person, and then apparently there's damage, or the grapes were picked, and the person who was appointed is being held responsible. 
Vahala Omer, and this responsible person responds, Einan Elachamesh. There were only five grapevines that I was put in charge of. Rab Meir Machayev, Rab Meir says there's an obligation of an oath. Vachachamim Omrim, Kalamachuba Lekarka, Hareuke Karka. And the Chachamim say, since it's attached to the ground, it's like the ground. You could see where this is going. The Gemara wants to say that we will match the opinion of Reb Meir, who says that these grapes, who, which are ready to be harvested, are like the here, which is ready to be cut. And if there's an obligation of an oath on such a thing because it's considered movable objects already, even though it's not yet been picked, then likewise, the rules of Me'ila would apply to the here, which is ready to be cut. Whereas the other opinion that says, right now it's still attached, so it's like real estate, is going to hold no oath on an item ready to be picked, and no me'ila on an item ready to be picked. And the Gemara makes a phenomenal distinction. It could be that even Reb Meir, who over there by grapes holds, it's ready to be picked, so it's as if it's picked, would not say that by here necessarily. Because ba'anovim, by grapes, kamo dekaimin mikchash kishi. As long as you leave them on the vine, they're getting worse because they're already ready to be picked. And that's more of a compelling nature. It's ready to be picked and it's as if it's picked. Avalhacha, but by here, kamo dekai ishbuche mishpech. The longer it stays on, it just gets better. It's being nurtured by the body. It could go, grow longer. And there's no compelling reason to compare it to something that's already been picked. Going back to our original case, a person makes the Eved Kadosh. Number one, he is owned by the Beis Hamikdash. It does not mean become part of the holy nation. And there's a Machlokes Either there's no Mi'ila here, because he's like Karka, or Rab Shimon ben Gamliel says, at least on the here, there should be Mi'ila, because he's holding a step even further than Reb Meir. He's holding that something that's ready to be picked is already like it's been cut, even by here, where it really could remain. Yeshe Thank you for joining.